From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, a keen observer of local politics with a childhood link to Ipswich. Former Courier-Mail editor Michael Crutcher is also founder and CEO of 55Coms. In this episode, you'll get to know Michael as he shares his views on perceptions of Ipswich, the Office of Independent Assessor, and the changing face of newspaper newsrooms. We also talk about his own podcast called Sourced. It's Monday, February 27, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to this third anniversary special edition of Ipswich Today, episode 242. This show proudly acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This interview with Michael Crutcher was recorded earlier this month at 55 Comms in Albion. Thanks for joining Ipswich today, Michael Crutcher. Thanks for having me, Alan. Great to see you. By way of introduction, what is the Michael Crutcher story? Where were you born, school, all that sort of thing? Well, I'm still on the north side of Brisbane as, uh, as of now. I'm a north side boy, um, Brisbane, born in, um, in Brackenridge and uh, grew up in Housing Commission, Brackenridge, um, a street away from Trent Dalton. Uh, we, uh, we grew up in the same part of Brackenridge and then worked in the same newsroom. Um, so went to, uh, to school there, St. Patrick's College at Shorncliffe, um, which was a great school. And then uh, I always wanted to be a journalist and um, I had uh, great support from my uh, mother and father and two sisters growing up. And uh, we had a normal, normal upbringing. And I went to uh, journalism uh, school at Q- QUT, studied there and um, was a cadet journalist uh, for Quest's community newspaper. So did uh, worked for Quest for 18 months, then Townsville Bulletin for a couple of years, I loved that, and then became a sports writer, and then um, uh, to AAP and to the Courier Mail. So how old were you when you got this first interest in journalism? I was about 10. Uh, We used to have uh, the newspaper over the fence every morning, and I just loved reading newspapers. Liked English, liked, and I thought, oh, this looks like a place where you'd meet interesting people doing this. So it was the only job I ever wanted to do. So, and I did work experience at the Sun newspaper when I was 15 and did that again when I was 16 through school and uh, really enjoyed it, loved journalism and that's all I wanted to do and um, went from there. What a great opportunity. So you're no stranger to the media, that's quite obvious. Uh, Tell me about your time as editor of the Courier Mail, how things sort of changed in the way that the news comes together, technology is evolving so rapidly. Yeah, Alan, well, I was editor of the Career Mail from 2010 to 2013. So I moved over from sport a few years earlier and I was chief of staff at the paper for, for two years from 2006. I did a year as investigations editor and then um, deputy for six months and then I was editor. Still a time when the resources and news were pretty good. I mean, I think 2006-07 was probably the the most successful year financially for newspapers in Australian history. It's not not too long ago. We often forget that. So we still had plenty of resources. But even then, when I was there, we brought in the first iPad app um, that we'd had. Um, We were starting to move more towards online journalism, uh, not just keeping things for the morning paper, breaking it online first. If we so, it was changing then. 
we were doing redundancies then. I think in my three and a bit years as editor, I did three rounds of redundancies obviously with the help of with others. So it was starting to get a bit tighter financially then, and we've seen that continue on since. And we're reading just in the last week uh, predictions of another round of redundancies. Yeah, that's a problem, and I really feel, I mean, for people who are in media still in the sense that, I mean, I I ran the investigations unit at the Courier-Mail for 12 months, and there were four of us full-time. I mean, we we had the luxury to do that then because we had the resources, and not so much anymore, and uh, the advertising's really shifted to online, as we know. Um, that's really affected newspapers. It continues to be a battle now. So now the challenge is to get people to pay to read the news, and that, that, that's a completely different ballgame. Let's move on to Ipswich, because this is Ipswich today. And the connection here is, while you were editor of the Courier-Mail, there were certain perceptions of Ipswich out there. Uh, how do you think they've changed then to now? Um, I'll just go a step back with Ipswich and my connection there, being a Northside Brisbane boy. My first connection was through a guy called Roy Fowler. My mum worked on the um, on the totalisator at the races every week, and I loved horse racing then, I still do now. And I would go to the races with mum, and who knew enough people around the races, that I would uh, be allowed to run around and report back to mum behind the tote window after every race. And I, mum had a, uh, a regular punter there who would come up to her window, a guy called Roy Fowler, who was in a wheelchair. Roy was the most extraordinary person. Um, he died uh, several years ago at age 82, but he was an Ipswich guy to his bootstraps. And I would spend a lot of time with Roy at the races um, and listening to his story uh, as he moved around in his wheelchair. He was uh, uh, all sorts of things through, um, uh, you know, through his childhood, lost the use of his legs uh, as an older guy um, and uh, became a very successful uh, Paralympian, um, among many other things. He was inducted into the uh, Queensland Sports Hall of Fame only about two years ago. But we would go out and see Roy at his Ipswich house, and that was my introduction to Ipswich. This guy was Ipswich to his bootstraps, a hard worker. He just got stuff done. He never complained. And I found him inspirational and still do, even though he's no longer with us. So that was my introduction to Ipswich, and I carried that right through when I was editor of the Career Mail, uh, just having that understanding. And I always had that special fondness for Ipswich because of the people there, because of the the mindset there. Um, And so I, I did feel for Ipswich when you know there was controversy around it over the times through different things where do i I see it over recent years um i i see it as a working progress alan i'm very interested in what the future direction of ipswich is i think there's so much potential in that city um i mean i really enjoy uh the ingenuity uh the hard work uh, and the potential of that city and that's why i remain a very interested observer and visitor as often as i can be Every council has its own controversies. We probably don't need to dwell on the Pasali era, that's been well covered. But out of that, along with other issues around the state, the Office of Independent Assessor was established as a bit of a watchdog. Some quarters are saying it's killing democracy in local councils because there's so many trivial complaints and there's been plenty of examples. Uh, A couple from Ipswich, a councillor was, I believe, just doing their job for a constituent. And then there are complaints about who gets quoted in a media release. Mm. Is the Office of Independent Assessor overkill? (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm very interested in this area because 
as editor of the Korea Mail, obviously we're a paper that was um, steeped in that history in terms of Fitzgerald inquiry and the establishment of all that came after that. Um, so we kept a close eye on it and I did have my, um, my differences with the, uh, the CMC as they were at the time. I certainly had differences with them, um, but we wanted to see it done really well. So in all of those sorts of things, you, you, to me, you've got to have a really good reason for setting up these different uh, areas. And in Queensland now, we've got the Triple C, which is still obviously operating and, and, and covering many things. We've got the Auditor General and we've got the law itself. Yes. We've got the law. I, I still don't know where the Office of the Independent Assessor fits in. I just don't really get it. I don't, you know, I don't think it was very well thought through. Uh, I think the report that came down last year was scathing in many ways for the, for the right reasons. So... You know, was it properly resourced? Was it thought through? I'm not sure about that. Uh, what it seems to me is it's, it seems to be a solution looking for a problem. And I don't know if that one is there. So I don't think it's been a great period. Uh, where it goes from here, I'll, I'll wait to see. Well, there was that report uh, handed to Parliament last October. So we would hope that some good would come out of it. And, and yeah, it was obviously well-intentioned. Uh, but when you look through just one council, Ipswich, all the complaints that have either been dismissed or no further action, it, you're right, a solution looking for a problem is probably a, uh, a good description. Let's go back to newspapers again, and we talked briefly about your role there at the Courier-Mail. On a local perspective, the Queensland Times was one of 100 titles or so, ceased print, it's just online now, there's not even an office in Ipswich. In its place, there's these local independent community papers what do you see as their future? Oh, if we had the answer to that, Alan, we'd all be millionaires, wouldn't we? <laughs> we'd, all, we'd all be millionaires. And that's the thing. We're in this period that we've never seen before. I, as a, someone who loves journalism, it saddens me greatly to see the death of some of those great mastheads uh, and the, the roles in their community because they're such a voice of their communities and particularly in we get into rural areas and some of those papers through different parts of Queensland that really don't exist anymore. So where I've loved seeing some of the new titles spring up. And of course, the challenge is we're actually consuming more news and information than we've ever done. Mm. We're just doing it in different ways. So maybe you're doing it through a Facebook community page you follow when people are posting stuff. Now, it may not always be right, but there's stuff there to look at. So it, the landscape has changed so much. Where they go for now, I don't know, but I still think those ones in the community have to have a good basis of advertising. They, they really do. But they also have to have some experience in journalism. Like, it, it's a profession. It, it's something you've got to, you've got to do. And I see sometimes some, some of the new ones that have sprung up seem to be overly critical of the places that they cover. And you do need to, you know, have a have a microscope on that as a journalist but in the end you've got to be a champion for your community you can't just set up your new newspaper and take a lightsaber out and start hacking things down that's part of your job but make sure because you, you need the advertising there because you really can't rely on reader contributions alone financially well in Ipswich we've got a couple of paids uh, at least one free and the issue for them is they don't cover the whole city geographically so it's a very uh, I think Ipswich is probably the most fractured media market in terms of trying to reach with print. Uh, each has their own little patch, some overlap. So I think as time goes on, things might have to rationalise a bit in the future. 
Yeah, well, that's a good observation about Ipswich, and I've seen some of the publications there. Um, this is where it gets really tough because you need the expertise from so many different fronts, Alan, on these things in terms of you know your marketing, your uh, you know your, your distribution. There's a whole lot of smarts there, but you don't have the budget to pay for all those areas. So that's where it becomes tricky. But in the end, it's old-fashioned community relations. You know, and are you out there talking to people? Um, you know, like I said to my journalists when I was there, I've been gone 10 years now, but there's more stories outside of this office than there are inside. And, you know, if you're bludging, I'll know. But I would rather you out there talking and seeing people because there's a hell of a lot more stories out there than in our newsroom. Well, you've made a big transition from newsrooms to your own company called 55 Comms, and each week... You also produce a podcast, so from podcast to podcast. It's called The Sourced. Why did you start this podcast and what, what sort of uh, subject matter do you cover? Yeah, Alan, well, we, we started mainly for our clients and we, we, we do communication strategies. So, and we've got some wonderful clients and we have across the spectrum of nearly 10 years old now, but they would ask me questions about things to do with communications and we call it audience engagement. How do you engage audiences? Because that's what our job is. And they'd ask me these questions that were really interesting questions. So we thought we'll start a podcast mainly talking to different people and we were doing one-off podcasts. So I think at one stage we did... Um, uh, three different breakfast radio hosts in Brisbane together. They, they, they were in our, in our boardroom and we did that and we did uh, different media players to understand what they look for. And then Jordan McDonald, who works here and is my co-host, said, uh, we need to do something more regular. Uh, so uh, I said, okay. So Jordan's idea was to do a, a week in review. So we do the week in review for about 20 minutes every week. And what we do is look at things in the audience engagement field, what's happening in social media, what's happening in mainstream media, you know, what are we watching on TV, all these things that tell us a lot more about who we are as people because it's such a fast-moving field now and we just try and stay up with that, really. I'm really pleased as a listener that you keep up with the machinations of Twitter. Not sure about married at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't watch that at no, all. No, that's Jordan's job. <laughs> Thank goodness he's watching it. <laughs> But Twitter in particular, the changes are rolling out. There's been more changes in the last week with who you follow or for you and following. Mm. It doesn't seem to be working very efficiently. Have you had a play with that? Yeah, I have. Um, it's been... Um, I'm fascinated by Twitter because it's the domain of politicians and journalists, essentially. It really is. I don't think Twitter's ever really gripped mainstream Australia, but I, I use it to curate my news. So I use it a lot, but I'm very wary that most of my friends who are not in media, they don't even look at it. It's a nasty place, and I know that from being a, an editor. When I had a page up there, it was a, I got lots and lots of free advice. Um, so where Elon Musk is taking this, it's again, it's another live experiment, Alan. It's, it's another, what's going to happen with this? Can he make money out of it? Um, and even this morning, he put up quite an inflammatory tweet, again, just about you know what sort of content Twitter might have up there. And when I say inflammatory, I didn't mean that for the Twitter audience. So it's a live experiment. Where it goes, I don't know. But then how it fits into that wider area about you know how much, what, what can Facebook do? What's Instagram doing? TikTok's you know being the disruptor, but it'll soon be disrupted. So that sort of area, I think it tells us a lot about what we're doing as, uh, as Australians. Well, there's been a lot of people threatening to leave Twitter. 
they haven't done so yet. They're hanging in there. You know, it's always this one of thing when people threaten to leave Twitter. You know, well, they're not going to. It's the people who just do it. It's, it's like I, 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 we might be engaged by a client uh, with a crisis comm situation to say, we've got this person who's threatening to go to media. Now, my rule is if they threaten to go to media, they never do. It's the ones who just go there and cause all sorts of trouble that, uh, you know, you get onto it late. It's, yeah, I think these pe- the people who... Twitter is a special area in terms of those involved in it just love it. I don't see how they can do it on any other platform. So see how they go with the threats. Michael Crutcher, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up in your 55 comms boardroom. Thank you very much for speaking with Ipswich today. Well, thank you very much, Alan. Always a privilege to talk to you. Thank you. As always, don't forget to check for handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. Or play Ipswich today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.